Either Schweitzer? Oh, yeah, it's the guy I listened to when I made my first billion. He's one clever son of a... Five, four... We're online. The hottest internet station. It's time for The Switzer Show with the guy who makes getting richer easier than running up a credit card bill, Peter Switzer. Hello and welcome to The Switzer Show. I'm Peter Switzer and yes, this is the hottest show on the internet. Who would have thought a money show could be the hottest show on the internet? Well, that's what we've created. And my guests today, uh, my two guests, are probably one of the hottest people in their own specific industries. The first is Matthew Michalowicz, who won the Innovation of the Year Award for 2018. I had Matt on the show a few weeks back and it was too short. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to him about particularly how a book he wrote some time ago, um, which was a bestseller, um, was a, in fact the driver to the success in his business. I, I always like to think when a person who's big on the speaking circuit telling people how to be a success, I always like it when what they're telling them actually works. Well, he's road tested it. It has worked. He's won the innovation of the year. We'll be talking to Matthew Michalowicz in a minute. And then we'll talk to a legendary fund manager, the guy who started Platinum Assets um, Fund Management, um, Ken Nelson. We'll be talking to him about the stuff that he thinks about when he goes looking for stocks and I think you'll find it very very eye and ear opening so that's the show without any further ado let me welcome to the program Matthew Michalowicz Matt thanks for coming on the show thanks for having me on the show Pete it's always a pleasure okay Matt now two things I want to do I want to go back in time but before we do for people who who might not have heard of you before or or of your win just tell us what you won recently in the this innovation award yes I I run a company called Complexica which is artificial artificial intelligence software and we won the 2018 Australian Innovation of the Year Award. So mm. all states, all categories, this is the overall winner for the country. Okay, so I'm going to keep this going because I want to make sure people understand exactly what you do and then we're going to f- find out how you ended up doing it and the, the bottom line is going to be you took your own advice. Yes. And, Gee, you're, gee, you're so up yourself. The way you jumped in just to say yes, you could, say, you could be a lot more gracious than I would have expected. Anyway, I like you enough to let you be like that. All right, so what what does Complexica and this inverted commas guy called Larry do? Yeah, it's, it's very simple. Um, Complexica's created a digital analyst called Larry, which is a software program, and Larry helps companies make better decisions, better pricing decisions, sales decisions, marketing decisions, and so forth. Whenever you have complexity in decision-making, it's always good to have an expert analyst helping you. That's what Larry is. Mm. And tell us the companies that have used Larry so far. Yeah, some of our customers include Pfizer, Dulux Group, Medcash. It's typically bigger organizations mm. with a lot of complexity in how they operate. So you can get a lot of uh, gains by making better decisions. Mm. And so where once upon a time it would have been maybe a, a team of really good researchers trying to take in the whole gamut of information out there, Larry's able to process yes. it 
quick, more quickly and more efficiently, I presume. Absolutely. It, it, sometimes it's replacing a team of 12 people. Mm. Sometimes it's doing the work that would take a thousand people to do because there's so much data to process and so much information mm. to go through to come up with a recommendation. And so in the past, some of those jobs just simply wouldn't have been done because who, who can have a thousand people? No, yeah, they just wouldn't have been done. So that's why decision making in large companies can often come down to gut, intuition, experience and so on. And that's why there is so much sub-optimality in decision making in business. Okay, right. So you've won the award. Mm -hmm. um, um, what, what does it mean for, for you and the company? First, it's great recognition for the technical people that have been involved in building it. Uh, secondly, it's great recognition for our early adopter customers. And uh, more importantly, it's a great uh, recognition that will help us grow the business overseas and accelerate our plans to floating the company on the stock exchange. So it's validation of what we do, and it makes it easier for other big companies to buy. Okay. Uh, when I first met you and you came, you escaped the USA. Uh, <laughs> now, that escaping the USA, was it because you'd lived through the hurdy-gurdy of, say, listing a, a tech company on the NASDAQ and you just wanted to slow down your life and you, you selected Adelaide as a place to do that? I, I think it was a combination of a lot of things. One, my wife and I are European. We were both born in Poland. What, like Mikhailovich? Yeah, can European? you believe it? No. Yes, it's, uh, you know, as surprising as it might be. And, uh, and I think uh, the American... Uh, value system never resonated with us as much as the Australian one does. So when we visited Australia's tourists, we just fell in love with the country, the people, and wanted to live here. Right. And that was the biggest drive. And then having come off a, a really intensive technology experience for many years, mm. it seemed like a great place where it'd be a little bit uh, more laid back, mm. uh, focus on children and so forth. Yeah. So now I want to start um, to reveal to my uh, listeners you know, how I got to know you, um, and it wasn't technological at all. There no. was this, this story about you once being a, a Silicon Valley kind of guy. Were you actually in Silicon Valley with? No, we were East Coast. East Coast, yes. Okay. So, um, all right, so uh, you, you, come, you come to Australia and you write a book, and the book yes. is life in half a second. See, I got it right this time. I often say 30 <laughs> seconds, half a second. Yeah. It just seems such a short life, half a second. And, and I'll, get, I'll get you to explain why you decided to say half a second. But this book basically said there were five steps to success, yeah. right? And so when I first read it, I thought, who, who is this guy? Tell us <laughs> about success. <laughs> Never heard of the guy. But then I, when I saw your story, I thought, fair enough. Listing a company on NASDAQ is a, high, a big achievement. And, and so I, I read the book. And what I loved about the book was it was a thin book as well, so it yep. wasn't hard to read. Yes. Yep. And, it, and it really, I think, and I guess it became a bestseller, Matt, for sure. Yep. It, it, in fact, the, the day I went to meet you in Wallara, there was a woman sitting in the cafe reading the book. Wow. And you didn't give her that copy? That was no, coincidence. No, no, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might have been there 10 minutes before <laughs> handing them out to make, make me you know, be, be sucked into your great achievements. But the, the Let's go back to sure. let's go back to why life in half a yep. second. So uh, the title is very simple. If you take the age of the planet, about four billion years, and you take the amount of time that uh, our species uh, has been here, it comes down to like twenty-three minutes. Mm. And then if you take the amount of time our lifespan is, it's about half a second. So if you take the four billion years and and uh, drop it down into one year, scale it down then it becomes your life is half a second. Yeah, and so w what you're saying is you haven't got that much time, much time no. 
to, to get to where you might want to be. Correct. Now, has anyone ever challenged you on the on the idea that, well, you know, I, I don't want to be a success? Yeah, yeah no, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I, 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 I don't like thinking that is, uh, you know, um, prescriptive. Mm. Whoever you are and whatever your values, you must do this because mm. this is the right way to live, etc. Mm. Everyone has their own definition of what makes a good life, what constitutes success. It could be a happy marriage, it could be financial success, it could be uh, giving back. It doesn't matter what mm. it is. So there's nothing wrong with the way people live if it's differently, as long as you know that that's what you want and you pursue it. Okay. Now, you did live life differently and because I wanted to have more time with you we'll be having an ad break coming up fairly soon but before we get to the ad break and then we look at the five steps that yes. came out let's talk about your life beforehand because in many ways your life beforehand and your 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 near passionate love for Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> And this, is, this is always something I make it sound unnatural. Yeah. Well, when I read, like you, I guess there were people out there in the world like you, who who just thought Arnold Schwarzenegger and the way he came up as a as a bodybuilder and and whatever he was. You can, you can explain in yes. a second. Um, and I and I've, I've known other ones. I had friends who love Bruce Lee with yes. the same passion yeah, as Arnold yep. Schwarzenegger. Yep. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's even some people who love Sylvester Stallone for yes. different reasons, but yep. they were people who come from nowhere and achieved extraordinary things and it's a lot about discipline and all that sort of stuff as well. So tell us why a guy of your height, and you, you make a fantastic halfback in rugby league, you, you wouldn't be a second rower in, in rugby, so you're, you're, not, you're diminutive. And in very good shape. <laughs> I don't want to insult you, but you, don't, you didn't have the Schwarzenegger startup Correct. physique, did you? Yes, yeah. But you still wanted to be him. Yes, I, I, I think there's just two very quick things to say about Arnold. I saw um, him when I was seven for the mm. first time in a movie called uh, Commando. Mm. And uh, never heard of the guy, go to the movie theater with my father, and I see this huge guy kill a thousand people to get his daughter back because they kidnapped her daughter. And I thought, mm. wow, this guy's just amazing. Mm. This is, yeah. you know, can he be my father? Yeah. All fathers. Yeah, all fathers should be like this. And, yeah. the, and the second is when I really got to study him over time, I don't know of any other human being that has gotten to the top in sports, then to a self-made millionaire through real estate investing, yeah. then the number one paid actor in the world, and then the number one position in politics that he could hold in the US. No, no one's mm. tr moved across so many disciplines and domains and reached the number yeah, one spot. Yeah, yeah. And, and people write him off because they just don't know what he's achieved. Yes. And he has achieved enormous, enormous things. What, what, what was you think was the main driver of Schwarzenegger? I, I, I've read all his materials. I've met him a few times. He's very goal-oriented. So mm. for whatever reason, and that's, I think, a psychological discussion, he had incredible goals as a kid. Mm. I'm going to be the world's best bodybuilder. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be this. Mm. And I think what differentiated him from other children is that not only he had these goals, but he put in the passion or, or desire mm. to achieve them was so great that he worked like no one else. To achieve them, mm -hmm. he made it in the end, and I think that's the difference: clear vision yeah. and the work to achieve it. It's funny that you bring up the word desire because I, I know you've heard me speak. I, I don't know if you seem. I always emphasise a fantastic quote from Chris Evert, and Evert had the best win rate of any tennis player of all time. At one stage, she had a ninety percent success wow. rate, and uh, her her quote, which I love, was: "There were times when deep down I wanted to win so badly." I could actually will it to happen. I think most of my career was based on desire. 
Wow. Yeah. And, and I, still, I still get a tingle when I, when I say, yep. and, and uh, my producer uh, over the years when I've written it uh, has often tried to find that quote and he had difficulty finding it. And I said, he said, you, you sure she said that? And I said, yeah, I got a funny feeling even that Ben Hogan, the golfer, might have said something like that. But I, I, I did read that she wrote it, but I couldn't find it myself. And then last year going to the tennis, she was on the plane. Just behind me, I turned around, introduced myself, told her I had a TV show, to, at least to um, excuse my interruption of her life. And I asked her, did you say this? And as I said it, her smile got wider and wider. She wow. said, yes, I did. So, Fantastic. Yeah, so, but that desire is really important. So you think that that was the sort of thing that was critically important? Critical, yeah. critical. So if you know what you want and your desire is incredible to achieve it, the effort you put into it is mm. you know, unbound. Was he ruthless? to make sure the goal happened? Uh, I, I, it's hard to be ruthless in bodybuilding because um, bodybuilding is an individualistic sport. You, mm. know, you go to the gym and you pound iron for four hours a day. Uh, you would take you know, uh, potentially anabolic steroids and others, but mm. it, it's difficult to be ruthless in bodybuilding. Okay. So he can, he can, there's you know, him being psychologically uh, influencing other players, etc. Yeah. Those are minor things. It's not a sport where, where you, you know, puncture somebody's tires mm. or cut their brake uh, <laughs> line or, any, or anything but like that. But do you do that in acting? <laughs> yeah, that, that, in politics. Act, yeah, but, but yeah. I think his success was really proven by those times those, yeah. those things happened. So the, I, I don't know of anyone that's achieved so much in across so many disciplines, and I think there'll never be another Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, so you then dedicated your life to becoming a bodybuilder? Well, that's, that's you know, that's yeah. probably too strong of a statement. <laughs> there was a short period of your life where you worried your parents that you were yes, doing too yeah. much and you weren't studying and all that sort of stuff. I thing. loved fitness, yeah. and I thought I could become like Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. and I gave it my all over yeah. a, probably a three-year, four-year period yeah. and discovered really that I didn't have the genetics. I couldn't work as hard as he. I didn't have access to all the, you know, pharma, pharmacological uh, yeah. uh, substances that might be required. And then I shifted my eyes to business after that. But I gave it a hundred percent, and I can look back on that period of my life and say, Peter, if I could do it again, mm. there's nothing different I could have done. Okay, right. So we're going to take an ad break now, and we're going to go back, and you're going to tell us how the five steps emerged yep. out of that, that early experience of your life, and then how you use those five steps to create a business that has become the innovation of 2018. Fantastic. And now, a word from our sponsors. Have you got a home loan? Do you know what you're being charged? Check your rate, and if it's more than 3.89%, call us at Switzer Home Loans. Our rate for a variable home loan is 3.89%. That's right, 3.89% is all you'll pay. Interested? Call 1300 664 339 or Google Switzer Home Loans. Now, here's Switzer. Now, before we get back to Matt, let me remind you that Switzer Home Loans, 3.89%, that's our advertised rate and our comparison rate because we don't have any fees or charges in between that headline rate. It's a little, little important message that I always like to throw in at the end of that ad. Now, as I say, I'm with Matthew Michalowicz. And Matt, we, we have a follow-up that, that influence that you got from Arnold Schwarzenegger and your commitment to you know, really becoming a, a bodybuilder, at least for a few years. 
and how that eventually resulted in uh, a business that was afloat on the stock exchange and then your decision to write a book and the knowledge that you got from that and then finally how you use that knowledge, your knowledge, to actually create this innovation business of the year. So let's go, all right, let's imagine, we'll go back in time when you, you're no longer going to be a bodybuilder, yep. you've gone to business. How did you go from business to starting up a tech company? Yeah, uh, first point that I wanted to make is that even though bodybuilding didn't go like I had imagined it, it taught me the fundamental work ethic for business. Mm -hmm. So it, it, to be a bodybuilder, you've got to put in the work yourself. You can't buy muscles. You can't go and you know, go to a shop and so on. You've got to earn them. And you're competing against yourself, you know, going and so on. So in business, it's very similar as an entrepreneur. You have to motivate yourself. You have to put in the work and so on. So when I was at the university uh, studying for a degree, which was in corporate finance, I took the knowledge I had gained through being a bodybuilder and created my first business, which was a personal training business. Mm. And then the tech business wasn't until several years later after I finished the university. There was a tech boom at the moment. Uh, there was enormous amounts of capital available, venture capital and angel investment to fund technology startups. And my father had spent his life in the area of artificial intelligence. And that's how that first business came about. I took everything my father had done over the last 20 years in mm. academia and AI with my knowledge of entrepreneurship, finance, etc., brought capital together and the first company, tech company, was created. So, so when was that floated on the NASDAQ? Uh, that was uh, mid-2000s. Mid okay, so it was it after the dot-com crash? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So. But, and, and just to go back to your earlier point and to connect the dots with Arnold, I'm not the kind of person that would take someone's uh, 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 philosophy for success and take it and apply it myself because what they did might not be applicable to your situation. Mm. Times have changed. Mm. Uh, economies are different. Uh, their circumstances might have been different. So life in half a second was my search for a universal formula for success that mm. cuts across time, geographies, and, and so rather than Matt's formula. Because I would never be as assumptuous to, to mm. say Matt knows how yeah. to succeed. So, and, and the interesting thing was that, in a sense, you're acting like Larry your analyst, that you went searching for yes. as much data as possible, so you would end up with, say, five or six, whatever steps you thought were critically important Correct. to explain success. Exactly. And that's what I liked about yep. it, because you weren't saying, hey, look at me, I'm the most, it's not yep. like, when you listen to Richard Branson, or you listen to Steve Jobs, those guys, achieve enormous yes. things. So their insights are particularly interesting. But yep. you were, at that point in time, you were sort of on the road to find out in many ways. And so you thought, let's immerse myself into the, the success story of so many others. Correct. And you pull the five big things that you think yep. explain it, right? Absolutely. So I wanted to be successful myself as an entrepreneur. So you study people that have become incredible successes, whether it's Jobs, Schwarzenegger, mm. Branson, and so on. And then you read a lot of university research, other studies, and you're trying to distill from all of this information what's common mm. across all of those stories. Yep. And that's what I found, and those are the five Okay, steps. so let's go through the five steps and just you know, quickly Very explain step. Yeah, step one is you need to have a goal clear vision, um, defined in numbers and, mm. and, a, and a very and precise written way. down and written, you see it. And yeah, and it's not that um, writing it down has some supernatural effect, some paranormal activity mm. by writing it down. It's just by writing things down, we can look at them on a daily basis and refocus our mind yeah. that, yes, this is indeed what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because we're, as we're talking, there's a, a pretty long mirror here and it reminds me of Lane Beachley, the, the, what the the seven-time world um, surfing champion. Yes. And when she was a young girl, she got lipstick and wrote on her mirror, I want to be world champion in such a day. And she put it on, and so she said, every day when I went to my mirror, 
I saw that goal of mine written down wow. in the mirror, which I think is fantastic. fantastic Absolutely, it? it's reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your second step is to have the desire for the goal, and this is it sounds airy fairy, but desire is directly linked to effort. Mm. So it's proven through scientific studies that the more someone wants something, whether mm. it's a pair of shoes, a car, a business, whatever mm. that thing is, a gold medal, mm. uh, um, surfing contest yeah. win, the more you want it the more effort you'll put into it. Direct relationship. Yeah. So you have to make sure that the goals you've set are directly aligned with really what you want. Mm. That's step two. Yeah. Step three, you have to believe that you can achieve them. Mm. That sounds airy-fairy, but again, all of the research in the world shows that what people believe is more important than what's real. Do, do you think some people um, have a belief problem, and oh, that's probably what they yes, should work on? most with. people. The I first think. two seem reasonably easy, as long as you commit to it. Yep. But the third bit, that, that believing deep down, like what, yes. as Chris Everett said, believing deep down yeah. was critically important to a success. I, I, think it, I think our beliefs define all of our actions in mm. life. And, mm. I, and I always say that the best uh, gift that you could give your children is the gift of self-belief. Mm. Because if a child believes in themselves, that child can do anything. Mm. But if a child has limiting beliefs, you're not good enough for this, you'll never be this, you'll never be that, then all of their actions will be guided within those constraints. Mm. Even in studies, Peter, they show that a child's performance in school is more correlated to their belief on their capabilities mm. than their actual capabilities. The mm. child that believes they're good at maths tries more, puts in the effort. The child that doesn't believe they're good at math, even if they're more capable, mm. doesn't put in the effort. Why? Because I'm not good at math. Yes, There's no right. point in trying. Yeah. Unbelievable uh, psychological impact, yeah. what you believe. And I think uh, Muhammad Ali said it was so um, linked to um, self-belief. He actually said that um, when, when you you achieve self-belief, things begin to happen. And yep. I think that's exactly, well, I think the examples I've seen from people I've interviewed over the years, they've always believed in their project. Correct, okay. absolutely. Okay, sorry, what's the fourth? Fourth, knowledge. Mm. Difficult to achieve something if you don't know what the steps are to achieve it. And, mm. and many times people uh, give up on goals because they just don't know what the steps are mm. needed to take. And that impacts belief as well. Yep. I don't believe because I don't know. And the last one is- well, how come, how much yep. Now, on knowledge, there, there are two ways I figure you can get knowledge. There might, might be more. Yep. You, you're, you're a good lateral thinker. I think the first one is you do the work yeah, and you go searching. So I want to be like Richard Branson as an entrepreneur, so I read everything that Branson does. And then yep. you, all of a sudden you read that he was influenced by someone, so and you read it. And, you, and you're building up this whole catalogue of knowledge around doing it. But then sometimes you realise that some people think, hang on, maybe is an area that I can't teach myself, so maybe I have to get an expert in to help me. But some people are afraid to invest in success. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I've found historically some of our business success came from the fact that we, had, we adopted a business coach who was really nasty on me. You know, she would actually be forthright about my weaknesses, you know, yes. even though I believed in my strengths and loved focusing on my strengths, she was quite prepared to, to look at my weaknesses. And it ultimately became very good that someone was able to yes. do that. And if we weren't prepared to pay ten or $12,000 a year in those, those days, 
we would never have got that. Do you think that holds people back sometimes that they're not prepared to invest in their success? Definitely. I, I often uh, have come to the conclusion that people believe education is expensive. And I always say that the most expensive thing in life is ignorance. It's mm. the difference between where you could have been versus where you are because you're not willing to invest. Yeah. Warren Buffett used to always say that the greatest uh, investment that you could make is in yourself. Mm. Great statement. <clears throat> yeah. And yet we're uh, most people uh, have no trouble buying a TV, a phone, uh, a new car. Mm. But when it comes to investing in yourself in education, knowledge, mm, yeah. expensive. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I will throw in, I, I love this, and I'm sure you've read the book by Jim Collins, Good to Great. Oh, of course, yeah, and, classic. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've done some other reading around Jim when he was a young guy, and he admitted that he wanted to be able to afford business coaches and mentors, but what he decided to do was read the books of people who he would like to be mentors, and he kind of made them his virtual advisors. And so when he read the book, if, if, if Peter Drucker, for example, the, the great academic uh, business thinker, said, do this, he said, I just kind of assumed that Peter told me to do this, and I would do it. And that's that was a really in, interesting take, yep. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Find your own virtual advisors by selecting some of the smartest brains in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that's the fourth. Let's go to the fifth. Fifth is very simple, daily action. Mm. This, nothing will ever happen without you acting towards or, or acting upon your desires, mm. whether that's going to the gym and lifting weights, whether that's educating yourself and buying properties or stocks or investing or going to auditions to become a, a movie star or beginning a business, incorporating. Nothing happens mm. without action. Yeah, yeah, and I, I go back to my early days when I started. You know, I was an academic and started writing in newspapers, and I remember a very good writer who said to me, "Writers write." Yeah, yeah. it's very and, good and, advice. And, True. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the, mo <laughs> the more you write, yeah. sometimes I, I feel myself in the morning when I'm writing a story, and it's just coming out so easily. Yeah. I thought, in 1985, it wasn't this easy. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> feeling when it just flows, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah. I remember Maureen, who's an economist and, a, and an English graduate, when I used to write my stuff was for the Daily Telegraph in 85. I remember her saying to me sometimes, this isn't, this isn't even English. <laughs> I said, yeah, but I'm an economist. She said, yeah, but the people who read you expect you to write English. <laughs> so so there, were, there has been improvement over time. All right, mate, so they're the five things. Yes. So when did... After you wrote the book then, mm -hmm. did you say, all right, as I've proved to myself, these are the five big things that explain yep. success. Now I'm going to commit to these five things? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, the five things have been a reflection on everything that I've done in the past that have worked, but they've been also the research of thousands of papers and so forth. So everything in life at half a second is footnoted. Mm. So when Complexica began, it had to begin with a goal. And the goal was going to be different from the other companies. We're going to float it on the ASX and, and see how far it can run, be an Australian business. Mm. So that's a goal some ways into the future. Yeah. You have to make sure that you're committed to that goal. You have the desire to do it. Yeah. Why is that going to be important to you, the amount of effort? You know how hard it is to build a business, Peter, yeah. right? So it's yeah. a lot of work. Third, do I believe that I can do it? Mm. Fourth, what knowledge don't I have that mm. I need to get mm. to be able to achieve it? And was that knowledge easily accessible yeah. when you went looking for it? Yes. Knowledge. Yeah, because the older you get, uh, you have um, just more knowledge in mm. your bank. You have more relationships and yep. so forth. So in wanting to build an Australian public company, I wanted to get onto some ASX boards that would give me um, ASX uh, uh, experience. Mm. I wanted to begin meeting with stockbrokers and fund managers and so forth. So there were some specific things where I said these are going to be some gaps for me that I need mm. to fill out yep. that will help me achieve the 
go. Yeah. Um, when you're starting out and you don't have years of experience or lots of relationships, it's more difficult. And that's when you turn to books, what have other people yeah. done and so forth. Yeah, exactly. All right, so then the, the fifth part of that? The, the, the action, yeah. yeah. The, I, I like to think of goals as not as, as a specific thing, but as a specific thing broken down into steps. Yeah. So if you want to float a company, you can say to yourself, well, God, that company should probably have, say, let's say, $50 million in revenue. Mm. So that's not going to be your initial goal. Yeah. And before you build a $50 million a year business, you probably need one that's $10 million a year. And before it's $10 million, you probably need one that's one. Yeah. And before you have one that's one, you need a business with a few customers, mm. right? So let's just take that goal now, a business with a few customers. Mm. And I broke that down into all the steps that I needed to take. I needed to find an, a problem that hadn't been solved. That's a high value problem mm. that big companies were interested in solving. I needed to pull an initial team together. I needed to build some intellectual property, prove that the problem could be solved. So I, be, I took the s smallest part of that problem, broke mm. it down into steps. And once we had a business with the IP, then the next level, okay, how do I build a million dollar year yeah. company? Once I did that, all right, now to 10. So it's a, it's a stair step yeah. kind of approach. And it's like the old saying, how do you eat an elephant one, egg, egg. one bite at a time? And here you've got to map out each bite, yeah. so to yeah. speak. And, and one last question to you, mate, is that I know in my case, uh, people often ask, you know, what were the important steps in, in our success? And I, and I say Al because, you know, I was at a very young age, my wife decided that she was going to become my life coach, and I didn't know I needed one at the time. And I, <laughs> I, I told an audience last week a speech I did where I said, you know, in a in many ways, she watched me like a Labrador watches a sausage at a barbecue, you know. And she, she just she was just watching everything I did wrong. And, but more than just telling me what I did wrong, she actually volunteered how she could make me better. And so that's why, in many ways, I say behind every successful man is a very surprised woman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maureen was a very surprised woman. But it was important for me to have those objective eyes and they, you've got a fantastic uh, wife in Louisa. Yes. Is she uh, at times a tough critic on you, Matt? My toughest. So the, the <laughs> she doesn't I, look at I, I can relate to your words. You just you can't imagine how the number of times I've walked off stage and I thought I did a great job. She said, that was awful. You, know, you did this, you did that, etc. I did a sales presentation. That was awful. What yeah. about that? Why didn't you do that? You know, mm. why, why was your butt... And your, we need it. Uh, uh, because, because people are usually too polite to tell you the truth mm. when it comes to harsh feedback. Yeah. And if you're lucky enough to have people in your life that are uh, family members or good friends with the relationship is strong enough where they will tell you the truth, mm. that's a great opportunity for improvement. Exactly. Get better. Exactly right. Matthew Mikhailovich, if people want to know more, what's the website they should go to? Complexica's website is complexica, complexica.com, and my personal website is michaelwich.com.au. Yeah, but that's a hard <laughs> name, Michaelwich. Come on, spell it for people out there. M-I-C-H-A-L-E-W-I-C. Z.com.au. They're better for Googling um, life in <laughs> half a second. Yeah, if you type in life in half a second, you'll come or, up. Yeah, or, or go to Complexica, it will come up without a doubt. Thanks for joining us on the My show. My pleasure. Anytime, Peter. Thank you. The great pleasure of interviewing someone who I've admired from afar for a long time, Kian Nielsen. He is the founder of Platinum, uh, one of the, the best fund managers of all time. And it's a great uh, opportunity for me to catch up and to see what goes on, so in, on inside Care's head. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you. So, Care, I must go back to the, when you left BT, and BT was an enormously successful organisation. Yes, 
and uh, a friend of mine, a mutual friend, Olive Rahn, I, I talked to him and said, how are you going to cope losing someone like Ken Nelson? He said, we, we will miss him, but he will miss us too because our infrastructure is really important. And I, I wondered whether there was going to be a stumbling block, but it hasn't proved to be a stumbling block. What was the experience going out on your own? It's a nice question because when you start on your own, I mean, you are pretty naked and the insecurity is huge hmm. because you've, you've had all these people who've been feeding information towards you, hmm. whether you've taken it or not is not important, it's hmm. just there, it's yeah. an infrastructure. Yeah. And um, you then have to start doing things that were done for you yourself. Hmm. But what we were amazed by was the number of people who wanted to help us just suppliers or people. And there was this great goodwill towards startups. Mm. I thought that was extraordinary. Mm. Just people you hadn't heard from for years. Anything we can do for you. Mm. So that was reassuring. But then um, we simply did what we, we thought we should do, which was using um, companies that were out of favor as potential investments. Mm. And um, I remember trying to sell this concept to um, an institution. And Andrew and I had thought when we started, it would be obvious everyone will see the virtues of this approach. Yep. Well, they didn't know what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. They thought this is very weird because we weren't with the pack. Well, what were you saying to them that, that well, they thought I, was I, weird? I was saying the mispricing of companies comes from those areas which feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. So rather spend your time looking in those areas than the places everyone else is because you get the... The, the price delta, the, the opportunity to, for a big change in price, mm. whereas when expectations are, are high, it's often fully expressed in a share mm. price, mm. and that's what we were trying to convey to them. Curveballs like Turkey you've, mm. you've encountered mm. before. What about curveballs like Donald Trump? I don't think we've had an international leader of such significance to <laughs> the global economy. Maybe I'm wrong, but he seems to be an unusual curveball. Does it, does it affect the way you invest? He is unique in terms of... He, he's um, disrupted most of his trading partners in mm. terms of what they thought was the likely approach. And, and so he has changed the style of negotiation and the intensity of the conflict. Mm. And it does lead to uncertainty among those with money to put to work, be it companies or individuals. So it, it does call for greater caution, in my view. Mm. So we've tended to raise our cash um, and our shorts mm. because we just think we're in a more uncertain world. Yeah. And, it, and what we've seen is it's first hit the direct target, which is China, but I think it'll wash across a few other places as well. Mm. Yeah, I have to ask this question because yeah, everyone always fears eventually the, the stock market will crash. Yes. And a lot of people say, well, you know, the average bull market in the US lasts nine years and goes mm. up 300%, and that's mm. approximately where we are now. Mm. But I've done some homework and looked at the three biggest bull markets, and two of them went 12 years and yes. it was up 800%. The, the biggest one was 15 years and went up even oh, mm. 900%, whatever. But the thing, and I, and I hate saying this time is different because people like you and me have said that, that we've <laughs> always been found out. But to me, this time it is different because I've never seen interest rates so low. And you look at earnings yield of a company mm. and compare it to interest rates. So even when you say um, 
10 cent on 30, mm. 30, uh, 30 3%. times. That's 3%, mm. isn't it? Well, term deposits are 3%. So mm. maybe you would go out of 10 cent into a term deposit. Mm. But a lot of other good companies are, are, are much better in terms of earning mm. you compared to term deposit. Do you think this bull market, can, provided there's no black swan curve mm. bull, mm. this market could actually be a quite a long one because interest rates are so low? And be right too, Kev. <laughs> I don't think so, because I think what has changed here is the uh, level of debt and the use of debt. Mm. So we've actually had to obstruct the debt markets. We've actually had central banks intervening across the full length of the yield curve. So in English, they've affected both the very short-term cost of money as well as the long 10-year bond market, mm. they've suppressed those interest rates. So as we try to unwind that, which is what is happening, I think that creates a lot of tensions in terms of available liquidity. Mm. And stock markets prefer certainty and um, at least abundant liquidity. Mm. We've introduced two changes, the trade issues, greater uncertainty. Mm. We've also had unusual benefits in terms of tax breaks in the states, they can't be uh, repeated. Mm. So we've had a perfect s uh, set of uh, positives, I mm. think. Mm. So I think it's much more da difficult from here. Mm. So no, I, I don't think it is different. I think mm. we have these low interest rates because everyone's feasted on too mm. much debt. Okay, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. And now, a word from our sponsors. Have you got a home loan? Do you know what you're being charged? Check your rate, and if it's more than 3.89%, call us at Switzer Home Loans. Our rate for a variable home loan is 3.89%. That's right, 3.89% is all you'll pay. Interested? Call 1300 664 339 or Google Switzer Home Loans. Too many people spend money they earned to buy things they don't want to impress people that they don't like. So stick with Switzer and get rich. Where are me teeth? That's the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for uh, listening to The Switzer Show. Quentin time! Quentin time!